the Toho gang step into Yoshiwara to witness the glamour and drama of the red light district. Dazed by all the colors and beauty, it's hard to tell if these courtesans are just goldfish in a bowl or cicadas waiting to emerge and fly away. It's brothel politics and stunning style in episode 71, Sakuran. Toho Yaro, the Japanese Film Club podcast. Joining me as always are my co-hosts Joey. Hello. And Alex. I'm also here. And joining us as a special guest this episode is my wife, Amy. Hi. Hey. Hello. <laughs> v, I'm a little upset that you didn't do a Borat voice when you said my wife. She would have left the room. <laughs> <laughs> So, Amy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in Japanese film? Well, uh, I've been partnered with you for an extremely long time. (laughs) And by extremely long time, I mean 22 years. Um, And my background in Japanese film is being in the same house when V watches these movies most of the time. (laughs) Um... There have been a few that I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, I petitioned long and hard solely to V to have you guys do departures. And finally, I just asked Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. It did. Um, and uh, I generally find I, I don't have a great love for a lot of Japanese movies simply because most of the time the representation I see is like, uh, either women are objects or mm-hmm. they are simply plot devices. Um, and so most of the time I don't have a great love for <laughs> the movies y'all watch. Uh, the last few I have definitely not had a love for. <laughs> uh, but I actually really enjoyed this one, which is why I agreed to be on the podcast, despite the fact that I don't love being recorded. <laughs> well, good. Thank you for coming. <laughs> this episode, we will be talking about Mika Ninagawa's 2007 film, Sakuran. Aside from knowing who the director was and knowing who the story is by, but I think Joey, you saw this during the recent film festival. Yeah, I just saw this a few months ago. The Japan Film Society in New York City did a big retrospective on the last 20 years, I think. It was some post 2000s film retrospective, and um, and they showed a bunch of stuff, uh, and it was really great. Um, and they showed Sakuran, which was really cool. I'd been kind of curious to see this because I had actually read the manga and uh, met the author, Moyoko Ano, uh, in Toronto. So, um, yeah, I have a, a decent amount of experience with this, in fact. Awesome. Alex, did you have any, any prior knowledge of this going in? 
Uh, the only other knowledge that I had was um, I, I watched a bunch of films and at film festival as well. It was all online uh, because that's the world that we've lived in for the last year. However, I am not complaining at all about the uh, about about, you know, online film festivals. I think it's an excellent idea and I fully support yeah. it. And uh, if I'm able to throw money at it, uh, then so be it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Sakuran was on the short list of movies that I wanted to watch, uh, but didn't end up getting to. There were just too many to watch and uh, I have too many other things going on to uh, to devote an entire month uh, to watching nothing but Japanese movies. Uh, that's not a slight against you, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah. If it were up to me, yes, every movie that I'd watch would be Japanese, but... Um, but Bethany picks the movies uh, every other time. So okay. anyway, I have not seen Sakuran until the, just now. And uh, well, I'll wait to tell you my thoughts. Amy, did you have any uh, familiarity with us? No, I learned about it when you told me it was your podcast movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was not a planned guest spot. This is impromptu since then you watched it with me. And had to have some opinions about it. Um, so getting into the to the crew and cast and everything, uh, as I said before, it is directed by Mika Ninagawa, who is a uh, photography and, and mixed media artist who came to prominence in the 90s as part of the uh, Japan's girly photo movement of uh, yeah. stage object photography. And then uh, throughout the early 2000s, became pretty popular in marketing and um, fashion photography, uh, just for her wild, colorful compositions. Uh, this was her first, uh, this is her directorial debut. Um, she's gone on to direct a handful of other movies, but has also done a number of music videos, uh, including the reason I recognize her name, because she did the uh, video for AKB48 Sugar Rush for Wreck-It Ralph. Ah, um, that's interesting. And apparently she's also on the 2020 Japan Olympics planning committee. Oh. Hmm. So she's got some input on the, I guess, the the style and design of all that stuff, assuming it ever happens. Yeah, that makes me a lot more curious to see. <laughs> all I've seen from the Olympics so far is that, like, Akira mural on the construction site. <laughs> <laughs> um this uh, the story of this is, as Joey already said, adapted from a Moyoko Ano manga. Uh, Moyoko Ano is a pretty prolific mangaka and fashion writer, uh, best known to me as being the uh, mangaka behind Sugar Sugar Ream and mm -hmm. uh, Insufficient Direction, which is her like gag autobioconic about her and her husband Hideaki Ano, who listeners I'm sure are familiar. Uh, interesting. Um, I was about to say that, uh, I'm surprised that there's not been a sugar, sugar rune, uh, Simpsons shit post yet, <laughs> or at least if there has been, I, it has not passed through my eyes. Um, shout outs to my friend Amanda, who absolutely loves sugar, sugar rune, and that's the reason I know what that is. Um, yeah, that, um, insufficient direction has been actually pretty recently been kind of a little bit more prominently passed around online and stuff, uh, panels from that because, uh, Ano recently, like it was announced that he was doing uh, an Ultraman movie and a common writer movie. And so it's just kind of like all of his dreams come true and her comics about her life with him 
are basically just chronicling like how much of a huge nerd he is uh, <laughs> singing, you know, Sentai theme songs and and doing fake common uh, Rider henshins when he comes into the room and things like that. Yeah, and Moyoko uh, characterizes herself as like a goofy looking baby with swirly eyes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hideaki is I, I, one of the, uh, the more memorable strips is them talking about getting married and I can't remember. I think it's a he, he demands that instead of wearing a suit, he wears his common rider outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's it's real good and cute. And if you like autobiographical or gag comics, you should look for it. Um, touching quickly on the music, uh, the music in this is done by Shina Ringo, who was the lead for the band Tokyo Jihen and is a pretty prolific solo artist. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. She got is one of the artists that gets name dropped in Linda 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 as being ah. an rock artist. <clears throat> yeah, sounded familiar. Fascinating for our uh, our podcast, particularly uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking about how the new Guilty Gear character trailer for the character you know looked like the beginning of uh, a taxing woman. Mm-hmm. That she was actually based on uh, Shina Ringo, who happens to pop up in this movie. Wow! Yeah, I think she was like a really big artist in the like maybe early two thousands, maybe even late nineties. Um, yeah, she's yeah. been uh, Tokyo Jihen. I think was like a nineties band. She's been working okay. and continues to work. I think um, in a lot of uh, a lot of pop and rock music in Japan. Uh, aside from, I mean, like, I, aside from like the vocal stuff, which is really, really cool. Uh, I love just the use of music in this movie. Well, I'll talk more about it, but like, I think the music in this movie is dynamite. Like, it's so funky. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cues are very interesting. Yeah, the music, the music, the basic aesthetics of the music and the look of the thing actually reminds me a lot of the anime adaptation of uh, Showa Genraku Rakugo Shinju. Uh, it like I feel like they may have taken inspiration from this movie specifically because there is just a lot of very similar kind of like vibes to the to the music and general look of it. I have to look to see who who did the music for that. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, moving on to the cast, uh, straight out the gate, we have a Toho Yaro alum uh, in. Anasu Chia, who, is, who plays the uh, the main character, Kiyoha, later known as Higurashi, who uh, equal-eyed viewers probably better recognize as Ichigo from Kamikaze Girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she brings that uh, delinquent girl energy to the role. <laughs> yeah, super good. Uh, just, yeah, just brimming with attitude. Um, next is uh, Seiji, played by... Masanobu Ando, who is another alum coming from, uh, he was Kazuyo in uh, Battle Royale, the, the like end boss boy of the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. It's uh, so funny. Like, I, I, I told myself straight up, I'm like, well, uh, I'm probably not going to recognize anybody because everybody's got the same top knots and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's so hard to, jo- to see people in there weirdly made up like that yeah i think we've mentioned this a couple episodes ago too how it's it's hard to recognize guys that we should know 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, especially since in, in that movie, he's got that like wild kind of curly hair. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's also in Sukiyaki Western Django. Uh, Shoki, who is uh, Kyoha's mentor earlier in the films, played by Miho Kano. Uh, her rival in film, Takao, is played by Yoshio Kimura. The owner, uh, Renji Ishibashi, is an incredibly prolific actor with a super long uh, list of credits, including Sukiyaki Western Django, 20th mm. Century Boys, which we had just decided that everybody who worked in the 2000s is in. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, as a weird note, is also in the Brittany Murphy film, The Ramen Girl. Mm. Uh, and then finally, the, the last notable cast that I ran across was uh, the, the mother of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. Mari Natsuki uh, is the voice of Yubaba and Zinubaba, or Zinubaba in uh, A Spirited Way. Yeah, and I recognize her from the Torasan films. She plays Izumi's mother, um, who was in the 50th one uh, that yeah. you, you, I think both of you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a pretty uh, frequent character in the kind of last handful of Torasan movies. God, that's funny you mentioned you, Baba. Like, when you hear her yell, Kyoha, from like the other room, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it sort of like struck a nerve. <laughs> I was like, wow, she sounds like a witch. <laughs> yeah, um, so the the synopsis is uh, this is a period piece set in 18th century Yoshiwara which was Edo's red light district um, Kyoha is uh, engendered to be a prostitute as a young girl uh, sold in the service of brothel, brothel and kind of rises through the ranks uh, of the house to become a high ranking Oran and just is about her kind of struggles throughout her life trying to find her own meaning and agency as this kind of, I guess, caged fish. Hmm. Um, Alex, what did you think of it? Um, I really liked it. Uh, the thing that really struck me the most is that um, the colors are really vibrant and crazy. Um, yeah. Like the colors, the composition of the shots, uh, like I said, the music, everything comes together in a really um, in a really aesthetically pleasing way. And my honestly, it, it, that's what I think kept me going through the movie. It, it, every there was always something to see. And uh, I kind of wanted to always see what was next, even if we were, you know, still uh, within the pleasure hall there's still like you know oh these really deep reds and these uh there's a lot of rainbow uh rainbow patterns too um the head oiron uh has this um she has a, a huge chunk of like rainbow on her uh kimono and uh it was just this beautiful looking movie like that's the thing mm-hmm. that struck me the most um i did wonder like how much of the manga this uh adapted uh, or if like, you know, if the manga had ended at that point, um, cause there does seem to be a finite end to the movie. She finally does escape. Um, yeah, I mean, I can speak to that a little bit. I, I, I read the manga a while ago, so I don't have it. Like I, in retrospect, should have reread it, uh, this past weekend, but I flipped through it again to kind of refresh my, my first 
the impression that I had from the manga from reading it a few years ago was that it was very like episodic and atmospheric and wasn't super like it was it felt less narrative than the movie does um and then when i was looking through it i was seeing a lot of the same scenes that i recognized from the movie but it ends kind of at the midpoint of the movie like the manga ends with her uh searching for the artist that she's in love with and seeing him and then realizing uh that you know, that he just kind of saw her as another uh, prostitute, perhaps, or at least that's the reflection that she was feeling and 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 then comes back to the um, to the house, you know, and then the very last page is her somebody saying like, oh, did they catch you? And she says, like, no, I came back myself. And like that is like a major turning point in the movie. But that's actually the end of the manga, which is an interesting uh, thing to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I did um, halfway through the movie, I did kind of wonder like, oh, I wonder what parts of the manga this is adapting, because that's sort of how my brain works when I'm watching an adaptation of something. Um, mm. But as a standalone thing, I think it was quite good. Uh, I really do appreciate how, despite the fact that it's about Iran and um, and Edo period uh, prostitution, there's uh, surprisingly very little graphic sex. Mm. Um so that I, I thought that was uh, an interesting, like, I, I was I was gearing up, actually. I'm like, oh, boy, there's probably going to be a shit ton of nudity in this. Uh, but um, I thought most of the nudity was pretty tasteful. And uh, it was, you know, not about that at all, which is really great to see um, in, in, you know, uh, a contemporary Japanese movie with uh, that, you know, about uh, this particular subject matter. So... Uh, I, I guess it's also because we just came off of watching, you know, some pinky violence movies. Yeah, so uh, say, <laughs> after all the like pinky and exploitation movies, um, I, part of the reason I wanted to do this, in addition to just the how colorful I expected it to be, was to get a story of people on the kind of like the underside of society. Uh, from a woman's perspective instead of just like a bunch of dudes rock. So, <laughs> um, and I think this is, this is uh, accomplished that pretty well. Um, Amy, what'd you think? Oh, I really liked it. I was a little surprised because I have also, I've also watched a number of the previous movies. Um, and did not appreciate them very much. Um, but this one I actually really liked, I think because it was very much from a woman's um, viewpoint, I appreciated the struggle of the main character trying to be herself while in a fishbowl. Um, it was an absolutely beautiful movie. Um, all of the imagery is really gorgeous. I really appreciated a lot of the um, the choices the director made about scenes. And it's really interesting hearing Joey say that the manga ended at kind of like the pivot point of the movie. And that makes it even more interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Joey, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I guess off the bat, like my very first impression is just is like what everybody else is saying that this movie looks beautiful. Like it just is so like aesthetically pleasing. Like it's it's interesting to me that it pretty much never leaves this one building. Like there's just a couple scenes where they do and but they keep it so like interesting to look at with these like these very vibrant colors and these interesting compositions and stuff as Alex was saying and you know it it's especially that like that bright red that kind of cuts through every scene uh i thought was like really really beautiful um as for the story like the the thing that i found the most interesting about it is that friendship slash romance with the the stable attendant um who she ends up running away with like is interesting to me because like he obviously is he is sweet and caring for her but he's also very complicit in her captivity and so it creates this like very interesting uh tension in that way and i think kind of feeds into the the the, the overall thing in an interesting way um and you know yeah i i i'd say like the story and acting is very solid but i think that when I look back on this movie, the thing that I'm going to always kind of remember about it is what it looks like and the music and stuff, just the sort of like aesthetics of it uh, will always really stick in my mind first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, talking a little bit about how I felt the, like I said, the, a large reason of why I wanted to do this movie was because I knew Mikanina's photography and this whole movie is just drenched in her sensibility. Uh, just all of the vibrant colors, the incredibly like lush and complex composition without being like overly busy. Um, most of her photography is a little more like just colors and objects in a kind of uh, unconnected space, I guess. Mm. Um, and there are a couple of shots in the movie, especially when she's laying on her back early in the film, talking about how she enjoys the pipe. <clears throat> that just seems kind of detached from any like reality surrounding the movie. But it's incredible to me that she does all those complex set designs and all these crazy colors and everything while still managing to keep them feeling like a coherent and real space. Mm-hmm. Um, the Especially when you get to the outside shots, it does feel very heightened and a little bit like the... Uh, I guess the, the theme park Disney version of a red light district in how things feel kind of like mm. uh, a little classically classicky and brightly lit, but none of it feels like completely artificial or, or staged or otherworldly. These feel like places that could actually exist that you would see. Um, that even though it's like so fantastical, it's also grounded. Yeah, it really like pulls you into that world that they've created. The the one thing that I found a little frustrating with the movie though is that uh, I really love Kyoha's kind of arc and story, but the constant use of the goldfish imagery and the fishbowl, and especially the end when the the young girl that she's been mentoring. Um, puts the fish back in the fishbowl and is like, oh, you can't, you can't live outside of here while um, Kyoha and Seiji are running off into the, uh, into the cherry blossoms. Felt like weird kind of messaging to me. Uh, hmm. 
Uh, speaking to the goldfish thing, I did write down how, like, wow, this movie is not subtle about its metaphors at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing that I thought was really interesting, contrasting the manga to the movie, is that the manga does end on a much more cynical note than the movie. Uh, but that bit with her putting the fish back in the fishbowl, I think, keeps a little bit of that cynicism uh, alive. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah, I agree with you, Joey, in that, like, I actually saw it as, oh, these two ran off to the cherry trees. They're going to get caught and they can't yeah. actually escape. <laughs> like, it, it ended before it actually, and you never actually see it. But my thought was that the girl putting the goldfish back was actually a metaphor for, like, there's no way that these two can really get that far. Mm. And this is going to end poorly. I, I think that just like my my personal uh, outlook is more hopeful than that, which is why I thought that <laughs> the girl putting it back felt a little out of place. I guess with what what my read on what's going on is, but yeah, I definitely yeah. see that. Um, but yeah, something I a through line that I really really appreciate is that even though she is in the situation where she's been indentured and can't leave, she finds like her own footing and her own like modicums of freedom within this. And it's tough going at first, but eventually that's like part of it. Her appeal to everyone is how she's just so wild and her own person. Mm -hmm. And that even though she is this like, pretty fish in, in a small bowl that she she manages to find some form of self-expression. Um, moving on to favorite parts, Amy. What are some favorite parts? Um, so I don't have any like particularly favorite scenes, but I have some favorite themes. I really like that the director revisited a lot of stuff, like things that happened in uh, Kyoha, Kyoha's um, childhood happen again as she's an adult and mm. like she becomes the woman doing the promenade when she was a right. child she watched it um, her attendant sees her servicing a client um, there's a couple other things that happen and also the the dead cherry tree promise happens multiple times in the movie um, where Originally, Seiji says, oh, I'll take you out when the tree blooms. And then she uh, promises the samurai, oh, I'll marry you when the tree blooms. And then the samurai calls her bluff on it. Mm -hmm. um, I just really appreciated the parallels that the director used. Um, even the very overused goldfish metaphor, I still appreciate it because they were everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I rewatched part of it before we recorded and like they're in almost every room. If you watch closely, there are goldfish in almost every damn room. And yeah, on the arch above the entrance to the district. I felt bad for those fish. Yeah. I know <laughs> who's feeding those fish. <laughs> uh, Joey, did you have any favorite parts? I like the goldfish stuff. That's not exactly what I was going to point out. Um, I it's I think it's a very like simple, basic and obvious metaphor, but like I think it's very effective. Like I like it very much. And I think it's just like super visually appealing. Like I love seeing those goldfish swimming around. And I do think it's like gives you something a little interesting to think about this sort of 
when they first introduced the idea of the goldfish metaphor, it's the the older woman like saying like, if you let a fish out, a goldfish out, it'll just turn into a carp and it won't be beautiful anymore. But it's like, maybe it's kind of cool for a fish to be bigger and a little stronger and and maybe not as like shiny and dainty, but like, you know, can maybe fend for itself a little bit more. And so I think it, it works in that way too. Um, and then, and then I do kind of like that bittersweet ending of, um, even if you kind of take it at face value that the couple gets away, it still kind of keeps you aware that they're ingraining this mentality into the younger kids and that, uh, there's still, this is still going on. And so even though this one girl manages to escape, um, it, it, it reminds you, uh, that, <laughs> everything's not okay now, you know? <laughs> and I think that that was effective. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, that's my favorite stuff is actually just kind of like looking through the goldfish uh, bowls as they swim around and there's a scene happening on the other side of them or that gate. I really love that gate, even though it's kind of improbable. Um, I That's the kind of fantasy that I like uh, that was being brought with the uh, the the visuals in this movie. Uh, Alex, did you have anything? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I really love the um, the montage of when uh, Kiha finally becomes uh, Oiron. Uh, it's just really... Yeah. Well, it, for one, it's really cool and great to see her get like a win. Not that like, you know, her demeanor doesn't mean that she's sort of like, you know, outwardly winning all the time. Like she holds her own pretty well. But she's finally at the top and it's really cool to see her take on what life as an Oiron is. Uh, she's like really leaning into it. She's like super cool. It reminds me of like a better done version of that movie, Marie Antoinette. Uh, mm. We're just like, Oh, here's, you know, it, it feels like uh, there's a lot of like a, a really cool glamor montage. I like that a lot. Um, and she seems like she's having a lot more fun uh, than the previous Oiron as well, which I thought was really cool. Uh, also that montage is just gorgeous. Like it's, it's, I'm, I was uh, hard pressed to think of like, what's a really cool scene that I just loved watching. And aside from that, uh, well, I don't want to step on your toes V, so I'll let you go. <laughs> and then, uh, if it's not the same thing that I'm thinking, then, um, I'll, I'll, uh, speak up. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that I was considering mentioning that as my favorite part as well. Um, I, I think specifically the procession, yeah. like where she's in that zebra print kimono and the like the sort of like, uh, I don't know, fuzzy rock side of Sheena Ringa <laughs> is, is, is playing. And it's just like so, yeah, so cool and like badass uh, in a way that maybe you weren't expecting. And then and then the actual like following montage has a lot of that kind of thing that I was saying that I appreciated about the ending where it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like her taking control, which is awesome and sort of empowering, but also you kind of like are seeing that she's also like buying into this life that she was sold into. And so it's, you know, sad in that way too. Um, yeah, it's a good, uh, <laughs> mixture of emotions. I loved yeah. watching her play Shogi. Hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the, the procession into the montage is, is, far and away my favorite part of the movie just because like <clears throat> the music cue that drops when you see her putting on that that cream kimono mm -hmm. uh and just watching her promenade through the streets um which I, I will say is an actual thing that they did in the district to be like 
this you may not be able to sleep with this order on because she's our highest, fanciest one, but look at what we can get. Surely we might have something good for you too. Um so they would just Those tall sandals march down the street <laughs> as uh as an advertisement. And the tall sandals were in large part so you could actually see the girl above the crowd. Mm. Um but yeah, just a walking advertisement for the for the brothel. Um, but yeah, the, then that montage where she's having so much fun. And I think it's it, part of why that seems important to me is that like clearly being sold into indentured sex work is you know, awful. Um, but in the context of like the times and everything, the idea that like sex and, and now sex work is not bad work like sex work is legitimate work and the idea that people can like enjoy that job and have fun within that job is i think mm-hmm. pretty important to display um one thing that i actually wanted to point out is that um shohi the original oyron that we see promenading actually baits her into the life Um, Because she does give her the option of, like, you could go clean toilets, you could go clean gutters, you could do that. But if you, you know, if you want to get people to do things for you, if you want to be, if you want to be me, you have to learn everything. But I don't know that you can. And you can kind of tell that Shohi knows this girl's personality and knows, like, I'm going to bait you into this and you're going to be great. Um, Because the scene where Shohi leaves, everyone Mm -hmm. is all crying and She's just like, I'm going to be the best. <laughs> yeah, she's clearly, her mind is is elsewhere. But I think you also maybe see her, because like, I didn't realize until rewatching that Shogi left in a in that box. Um, and I think maybe that's part of the beginning of the realization for the main character, for um, Kyoha, that she is still like even if she gets to be an iron she can still be somebody's object and then that gets rephrased when the samurai decides to marry her mm-hmm. yeah because the 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 main path out of the the district uh, both in the movie and in reality is becoming either the wife or the uh the mistress of a high-powered like samurai or merchant who would buy out your contract. And then there are very few stories of women as wives or mistresses actually managing somehow to pay off their contracts to their husband or lord and earning like freedom proper. So mm-hmm. it was really just like whether you lived in the brothel or lived in a manor, you were still a goldfish. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that scene where um her the the woman that ra- the what was it Shohi that you said is the the older um, Shohi is the original one yeah the original one yeah I love that scene where she's leaving too because like I love the kind of um it does sort of originally like read kind of as her trying to pick on Kiyoha by saying like I'm gonna give you this thing and now you're gonna be the enemy of all of your contemporaries. But I think it is really her being kind of like, I see in you maybe something that she sees in herself, this sort of fighting spirit or something. Um, and yeah, I think that that's cool. Yeah, I, I saw it in as kind of like a, you know, let me prepare you for like, I'm leaving. So let me warn you now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked the, I, I actually saw that there was a parallel between uh, Kyoha and Seiji. They're both trapped there. Because we learn as the movie goes on that Seiji is the son of a sex worker. And mm. like, that's where he works because that's where he grew up. Um, and then they want to marry him into the family so he can take over the brothel. So he's in many ways just as trapped as she is. Um, they're both goldfish. He's just not as pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the thing that's interesting about him because I, I had similar thoughts where it's kind of like, well, what is he supposed to do if he doesn't want to take over this business? What did he think was going to happen with his life? You know, like, uh, you know, that's just sort of the progression of if you're going to work at this place long enough, maybe you're going to move up the chain, you know? <laughs> um, and so since Alex talked about the prom- promenade and montage things, the, the scene that I really wanted to highlight was just the ending of the two of them escaping to the to the row of cherry blossoms. Uh, I I really appreciate, and this is something that I think movies don't do enough, the the like kind of platonic feeling between those two characters where they clearly like care about each other deeply, but it's not like they run off and all of a sudden start making out Mm. out of nowhere. It's because they, they both had this goal and desire for freedom and care about each other. And they're just doing this together because it's like they, they both have the same dream and they are both in the same place. And uh, are, are friends and that look that they give each other and then they just both smile uh, felt really good to me. Yeah, it's really sweet. Their relationship is really nice because it's kind of like, I don't know, I read it as a romance, but it's like they almost don't see it that way. Like it's like they don't, they never dared think of it that way because it was impossible. And so, you know, it is. it does have that sort of like <laughs> purity in a way. Anybody have any other scenes that they wanted to highlight? I did want to talk about the opening credits. Um, they are awesome. Uh, drew me right into the movie. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that it was a montage of stuff that happens through the movie because I was like, oh, wow, blood spray. That's an interesting thing to have in this. Mm. And um, <laughs> and then when it, uh, when it happens later, I was like, oh, wow, that was in the opening. Uh, but the music <laughs> in the opening was really cool. Um, and... Uh, it was sort of like a, a little taste of uh, an amuse-bouche, if you will, a taste of uh, the meal you're about to eat. I loved it. Um, super colorful. I would I would watch the opening over and over and over again. That's like that's <laughs> something that I think I will I will want to do. Yeah, that opening scene is great too with the the flying kick. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, just how like brash and violent she is is incredible every time it happens very entertaining character to watch mm-hmm. and um i thought she's a dead ringer for the uh for the uh, for the manga too uh joy when you sent that uh the picture of the volume that you had in, in the dms earlier i was like oh wow they really did a good job she looks exactly like the character yeah i'm a uh, tuchia has those like very round very like striking eyes and uh they they even give her the sort of like delinquent uh tiny eyebrows and stuff that just look angry all the time so she looks like a cartoon character <laughs> any other scenes uh 
it's moving on. Hmm. That, oh, there, there's that scene where they're looking up at the moon. That's a particularly beautiful scene because like so much of the movie is like warm colors. Um, it was nice in that night scene to like really highlight blues and this sort of like cool evening uh, for a more somber scene towards the end. Uh, that one stands out for me a lot um, compared to everything else where it's just like, here's a crazy green dragon on a golden wall. God, like, every time they showed that, I just thought of Dragon Ball because it's the exact same <laughs> color scheme it's shown on. And don't get me wrong. I love that. Too. <laughs> um, so moving on to uh, Shall We Dance? Uh, should this movie get remade for Western audiences? And if it was, uh, who would we cast? I, this is way too specifically Japanese in like content and context for this to be made into a, a Western adaptation. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like what, yeah, you'd have to just like basically scrub the <laughs> everything from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you could do it like, you know, like most uh, Japanese movies, you could make it into a Western you know, could mm, yeah. be about There's still the context that's missing from on the Western end. That's yeah. true. Like we just don't really have. Like it's very difficult to parallel indentured sex work. That's not yeah. Like so again, like it's not looked down upon. It's not this like really terrible thing in the in the movie. Like she's actually like most of the girls are all fairly high status. They live well, they dress well, uh, people respect them. Um, mm -hmm. people go there to pick out wives. Yeah. Um, whereas that's not mm. remotely the way it's looked at in, in the West. Um, mm -hmm. and that was one thing that I appreciated about this movie was that it wasn't like, Oh, ew, sex workers are dirty. Women are dirty. Yeah. Um, I was actually really pleased by the lens that this movie had as compared to some of the previous movies I've watched with the um I wasn't expecting it to be as good I wasn't expecting it to cover as many like close to the best themes like women's jealousy miscarriage like it covered a lot of things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that I that you I haven't seen really covered that often in the films that V watches um, and also women's pleasure. Mm. And I don't, I don't know that we could get away with having a movie about sex work and women's pleasure here in the West. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did want to bring up is, uh, and it's Chia reminds me a little bit of Brittany Murphy in a number of ways. Mm. And so it was really funny when I was looking through like, the, the cast and ran across somebody who had been in the ramen girl uh, since I'd actually been <laughs> thinking of that movie when I thought she, uh, when she reminded me of Brittany Murphy. Yeah, that is a movie I have seen on video rental shelves, but uh, not partaken in, <laughs> in myself. It's cute. Mm. Um, uh, moving on to the Takashi Shimura Award, the uh, the best for scene-stealing performance. Uh, Alex, who do you think earns it? Mm. That's the thing. Like, I, It's really hard for me to watch a movie 
and figure out the Takashi Shimura award. Um, and then uh, at the end of the day, be like, well, I mean, honestly, the main character in this is, is I just, yeah. every time, every time they're on, this is one of those instances, right? Where the main character I think is, is the person that I want to watch the person who uh, makes uh, an impact whenever they come on screen. I think Anna uh, uh, Sushia is like, she's, uh, she's like a light bulb uh, in the middle of a scene. And that's saying a lot considering everything in a scene with her is supremely colorful. So uh, yeah, she, she gets my award uh, by, by miles. Uh, I think um, I, there are other characters that I enjoyed, of course, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to see more of her the entire movie. And I mean, luckily I got my wish. She's practically in every scene. So <laughs> Uh, Joey, any dissenting opinion? Uh, no, I mean, I yeah, I agree that Anna Tuchia is like definitely the standout in this, and it's focused and it's like basically crafted so that this one, a, a, as a showcase for this one actor, like kicking butt. Like, if I try to like reach out any further than that, I'm like, well, the little girl that plays young uh, Kiyoha was pretty awesome. Like, she was such a great like grumpy little kid who hated everything. Uh, understandably. Uh, and I, I like her a whole lot too, but um, <laughs> it does kind of feel like reaching a little bit to say so. But I, I thought that she was, that that girl was great. Yeah, I thought the young version of her was really great too. I also like that it carries over when she's uh, watching everybody like in the showers and she's seeing all the women's breasts and feeling self-conscious and dread dreading becoming a woman she just kind of sinks down and starts blowing bubbles in the bath and then you see uh see her doing that again as an adult mm. <laughs> which is a very like cute childish thing to do yeah that's the thing that i appreciated about that the young actress as well is that like she was very good at looking uh mad and and lashing out against the adults and stuff which was awesome but she did show range as well as uh showing in scenes where she was like kind of feeling freaked out or, uh, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that that girl was great. I, I didn't, uh, get her name, unfortunately. And she's not, if she's listed on, on the letterbox list, I'm looking at it doesn't have her character name next to her, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll get to my scene stealer in a minute, but I, I thought the, the bath thing was actually really interesting because if you're looking at it, it's actually flipped. The first time you see it, she's she's hateful of all the women, and the next time you see it, all the women are hateful of her. Mm. So the scene has been reversed, and mm. now she's hiding from them, but in a different way. Um, so I, I do think that um, Anna did a great job. She was a wonderful actress, but I'm going to say if we're going for scene stealing, her... The rival that is her own age. Takao. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, not to, the girl who comes in and is like, um, oh, are you in love? And mm-hmm. then she says she's in love. I'm not going to betray him. And then she goes and backstabs. Yeah. Like, that's not Takao, though. Oh. The girl who tells Takao, that's what I'm talking about. The girl who says um, that she's gone to powder her nose. Oh, the man. The faces that she makes just like, watching her change from like I'm so innocent to like haha is <laughs> like that was where I really kind of was like this is a really great examination of jealousy between 
of competition between women. Mm. Um, because you, you don't expect at first that she's going to do it because she's so sweet. She's like, Oh, you know, um, Kyoka Chan, she's like, she's super sweet to her. And then it's just like Mm -hmm. very clearly jealous. Mm. And yes, the Oiran does, um, set everything up, but she wouldn't have been able to do that without this one girl and all of the faces in that scene that she makes, I was like drawn to her the whole time. So unfortunately, yeah, that's a, that's a very like for, for character in front of me. It's a very frustrating yeah. <laughs> moment <laughs> when you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, you spend the whole time being like, oh no, don't don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for me, it's it's definitely NS Chio, just because like. I have a weakness from kamikaze girls to begin with. And the scene near the opening where she's just laying back and talking about like, ah, I love a good pipe. You can lay down and smoke one without even getting ash on you. I was just like, oh no, I'm in love. Um, <laughs> and just her, both her ability to just be like a firecracker within a scene and to, to have like very subtle emotional moments as well um, is, is, incredibly impressive to me just like the the fact that she can do that range um i really love the scene where she, uh the the guy breaks her heart and she runs off into the mud to cry um yeah. and but that and uh the mis- miscarriage scene just kind of demonstrates that yeah she's this like is able to do this like rowdy kind of like badass uh rough girl but also does does these like moving emotional scenes really well. Um, I do want to highlight uh, Marinatsky as the the brothel's mother, just mm-hmm. because she's got a few like really good like offhanded comments, and at one point she just kind of like looks away and sips some tea in the like shadiest way possible and just like all of those moments i she didn't stand out in a lot of the movie but anytime she got the chance to do something like that or at the end when she's realizes that they both run off and it's like those fools uh i thought were were just excellent with uh how little she has to work with in those she does a lot of these good like trying to feign friendliness and then once like um, uh, Kiyohad like doesn't reciprocate. She just immediately her face will fall and be like, "Okay, listen here." Like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah. She's great. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on the film that you wanted to, to get out? Uh, no, this is a beautiful movie. Um, the director. I've also heard um, another movie by this director called Helter Skelter that's also based off of a manga. Um, uh, recommended before, so maybe we should seek that out at some point. Mm. Um, but a movie I'll based see. off a manga, yeah. based off a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen um, that recommended before, and I've seen the trailer for a movie she did called Diner, uh, which I think also mm. stars Anastasia or Chia, that uh, looks incredibly stylish, but apparently did not review nearly as well. Um, mm. But I might want to watch just to see like how crazy and pretty it looks. Uh, even if it's not yeah. great. Um, so, what do we have going on next episode, Joe? 
next episode, we are going to be returning to the world of Kaiju with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Uh, this is the first of the 90s Gamera trilogy, very well regarded amongst Kaiju fans. Uh, some uh, really great special effects and um, pretty cool updating of a pretty like goofy uh, old timey monster. Um, and we will be joined by um, David Bednar, who was on our Zerum episode. So um, I believe David is uh, gathering info, info to dump on us as we speak. So that'll be really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, and the Gamera movies are really great. And I think that even though it's a trilogy, though, I think that this first one stands alone uh, really well. Um, so, yeah. Excellent. I'm excited to have David back on the show again. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at FriskyChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Uh, I don't really have much going on right now, but uh, reach out to me and talk about stuff. Amy, do you have uh, anywhere that you want to give people to access? <laughs> they can just find me through you. <laughs> She's not hard to track them. <laughs> um, Alex, where can people find you? Well, as per usual, you can find me on Twitter at dude exclamation all one word. You can listen to me on the One Piece podcast every week. Um, and if you're a patron of the One Piece podcast, you can also listen to me on our uh, podcast, Forced to Watch Four Kids, where me and Steve Yurko watch every single episode of the Four Kids dub of One Piece. And uh, um, you can hear us audibly uh, be tortured uh, once a month <laughs> for only $5. So. Uh, what a bargain. <laughs> uh, also check out twitch.tv slash super art fight as usual. So. Uh, I forgot I do have something going on. If this episode comes out after the fifth, um, my, uh, my guest appearance on the One Piece podcast Fight Together Transgender Representation episode uh, will be available to the public feed. So go find... Uh, me and that uh, it's a really great discussion on transgender representation in one piece and it's a lot of fun yes yeah this that uh, as of this recording that episode should be out so um yeah it's it's uh it's a very great episode i i loved it um so yeah please listen to that as well joey where can people find you uh, I'm at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. You can find my work, uh, the Merman graphic novel series, as well as Ghost Hog, a self-contained graphic novel that actually has a sequel coming out in June called Dragon Racer. So uh, as the, yeah, I think when this comes out, you'll have just a few more weeks to pre-order that. You can pre-order it from Avid Bookshop, A-V-I-D uh, Bookshop. And if you order from them, I will sign it for you and do a little sketch in it and stuff before it's mailed to you. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, pre-order it from your local shop or, or online retailer of choice. Uh, I'd really, really appreciate it. The pre-orders help a whole lot. Um, and yeah, and I'm proud of this book. And I think that folks that uh, like our podcast might find stuff about it that they like as well. Um, as for the podcast, you can follow us uh, at Toho Yarrow on Twitter. Uh, we have a Toho Yarrow Facebook page that isn't super active, but you can message us through that if you prefer to get in touch with us that way. Um, and email us, tohoyarrow at gmail.com, and subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast listener of choice. And um, yeah, and check us out next episode for 
Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Thanks again to Amy for being our guest for this episode. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.